This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 67 for Sunday, February 24th, 2019. Will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? Grayskull. Hey everyone, thanks for downloading once again. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratus Macca. And I'm Josh Delioncourt, also known as Just Delioncourt. And so I'd, I'd like to briefly apologize to everyone that our January episode uh, was posted in February. <laughs> so you get... <laughs> two uh episodes in february bonus yes um so there you go um it was my fault i take full blame heavy sigh (laughs) (laughs) but gonna say anything but (laughs) Uh uh-huh we love Mm -hmm. you anyway Mm -hmm. okay thank you thank you um we are going to um, continue, right, our review of the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power cartoon series that's on Netflix right now from DreamWorks. And uh, to be honest with you, I can't remember if... I don't think it was in the last episode that we now know that um, season two is... is oops. I was just pulling up the video to confirm the date. <laughs> I thought that was on purpose. I did as well. Right? Wouldn't that have been perfect? I, maybe I can edit it to feel that way. Um, <laughs> but they officially announced season two is coming April 26th. So we got to get through season one so we can jump right into season two. What about that? Yeah. Lord. So lots of adventure, I'm sure. Adventure! There you go. I was waiting for. I was trying to prompt him. Well done. April's going to be a busy month for Shira because that's also when we get the first of the novels as well. Oh, thank you. Yes, I have those pre-ordered on um, the conglomerate known as Amazon. <laughs> I as well. I yeah, it'll be interesting to see the little you know other flair, if you will, how they'll kind of beef up the story probably a little bit but i'm assuming it'll be be the first one's supposed to be like an expanded uh version of the um origin story Mm -hmm. so Hmm. i'm hoping there might be more uh more horrid characters in the book than we've seen on the show that is my my hope my request possibly everybody wants the dang horde members blah give me more princesses (laughs) Well, the Horde has got such a a great and interesting cast that they could pull from and do interesting things with. And that's that's like one of my few things that I really am hoping that we eventually get on the show is that they've got all this this great source material to pull from. And so far, they've been reluctant to to dive very deep into the the Horde stuff. So I I hope we have more horde stuff because uh, like what we've got shadow weaver and catra and then we got some scorpia 
Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Like yeah. Hordak's there, but he's hardly there. We've got uh, Grizzler who made like a cameo that doesn't even really count. Yeah. And Imp made a cameo and it doesn't really count. And so like there's so many other characters that they could be uh, they could be using that they just they just haven't even touched yet. So I really hope we see some more of those. Well, for Katie's sake, though, at least the well, the two episodes that we're reviewing today not only have the word princess in the title, <laughs> but one is an entire ball full of princesses. Yes, <laughs> well, before, before we talk about the show, should we cover the little bit of other news that has come out since our last... Sure, I we could do it before in the middle as like a you know please hold while we announce these promotional advertisements. Um, you know, we could do it all the way at the end after the music. Like, ooh, are you still listening? Haha, we have more stuff. No, go ahead. It's it's yeah. Why not? So um, we're getting movie figures. Eighty-seven. So, that's kind of big news. I think a lot of people have been really wanting those. I'm excited because that movie came out long after I lost my vision, so I will finally get to see those character designs, which is pretty cool. They they look so good, and I'm not saying this to throw shade, so don't yell at me. Not throwing shade, because I still buy everything. So I buy it. I'm allowed to opinionate on it. I still gave them my money. Um, I've been less than less than happy i don't know how to phrase it um with some of the recent you know the super seven stuff i don't mm-hmm. like you know like the way shira's face looks kind of translucent things like that um i'm worried that they won't look as good as the production samples or whatever the you know samples are they're showing at toy fair i really hope they do because they look so good um you know even uh the like Skeletor movie Havoc staff that's laying. I don't know why it's not in his hand. Uh, <laughs> it's like laying down on the shelf. Uh, but, um, oh, it just looks so good. So good. So I'm I'm really pulling for it. Super 7. And, you know, I mean, what, well, what do they care? They know I'm going to buy it anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really hope they can knock those ones out of the park because they look so good on display. I'm I'm extremely impressed. So at least with that small claps <laughs> and also in movie news the the hopefully happening new masters movie now we've been talking about this off and on for like a decade and so i continue to not hold my breath but <laughs> many many sources reporting uh this week that the movie is scheduled to start shooting in prague uh on july 15th so just in time for san diego comic-con so maybe there'll be a uh more info there who knows i don't yeah, better hurry up on that cast <laughs> oh yeah i have a director a screenwriter anything i know like well, we, have, we have the screenwriters yeah the screenwriter there. and the directors yeah oh, okay yeah so they have a script and a script that has been rewritten now i think like six times or something good lord which is always an awesome sign but i i'm i'm hopeful i'm gonna go and you know what i'll tell you what um i haven't seen it but the thing that gives me the most hope because i know at least 
So I, I'm not a, a huge movie person unless it's like Star Trek, Star Wars, or Harry Potter. Other than that, I don't see a lot of movies. But uh, I, a lot of people, I, a lot of people have told me over the years that Sony movies tend to not be great. So I don't know, uh, a matter of opinion. But I've had several people mention that to me, like they wish that Masters wasn't going to be from Sony because they don't have a great track record, whatever. But Everyone seems to have universally loved the Into the Spider-Verse movie, which I know is animated and the Masters movie isn't. But um, at least you can point to that and say, hey, Sony did like this kind of thing well recently. So that well, maybe gives us some hope. Didn't and I haven't seen it yet, but I have it on the DVR. Uh, but I'm maybe like Leanne, you might have seen this. Uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, didn't that get good reviews, too? And yeah, that was Sony. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily worried that it's Sony. I'm just worried that, like, nobody they seem to work with seems to maybe get the property down. Um, I'm just going to go into this like I went into the new She-Ra. You know, every, like, so many people saw that, like, She-Ra image, and they were like, oh, my God, she looks like a boy. <laughs> um, you know, and they, and they just completely discredited the, you know, they didn't even want to give the series a chance because it was, you know, the, the new animation style, blah, blah, blah. We've been over this in other episodes. Yeah. But then, you know, a lot of people watched it, and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is really good. Mm -hmm. um, so I think as long as we go into the movie kind of like that. I mean, I still like the one from 87, despite the fact that it's on Earth and one of the big battles happens in a music store. So hey, I love that scene. Thank you very right? much. But, you know, you well, know, you despite know, the fact Gwildor's driving like some like Pontiac or something. Down the street. Sunglasses on. <laughs> what, I'll, what I'll throw out there uh, in what has made me the most worried about this, I, I don't know necessarily that it's that no one who's worked on it has understood the property as much as I've, I've wondered uh, if, it's pure speculation, I know nothing, I have no inside information, I talk to no one, so I don't know, but I've wondered uh, over especially the last few years if it's Mattel being... Um, more hands-on than maybe they should be with the way this movie gets made just because uh look at look at what's happened with the shira series we got we ended up with a great series but we know that dreamworks is is it owns the the shira animated library or whatever from filmation they've got a lot more control i think mm -hmm. than mattel does at this point and we got something really great out of that obviously some people that kind of knew what they were doing and were able to create something new and pay homage to the old and do all that good stuff and we got all that with mattel at least from the outside appears to have much uh less of a say with that property whereas mm -hmm. they don't have always the best track record <laughs> with how they've handled the master's property over the last 20 years we've gotten some great stuff i love the classics line and all that but you know was was anybody uh really happy over the um uh, like the mini comics we got with classics and things like that like they've done they've done some weird stuff and made some weird decisions even the um you know the 2000x toy line you know, and I'm granted that was a problem that Mattel had across the board with all their action figure lines of the day where they didn't ship in proper quantities and so on and so forth. But um, I just I, I worry that maybe Mattel is too involved um, with it. But I guess we'll see. Will be interesting. 
I mean, I'm, I, I, I feel that a movie, I'm sure, which is what, and I apologize to the listeners, I'm under the weather, um, and I might lose my voice. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, I can see their reasoning where they, they see all of these other properties, right? Because, like, I mean, like, the whole world now knows who, like, I don't know. Marvel's Thor is where like even when I was a kid I wasn't all like oh Thor is my favorite character (laughs) (laughs) so uh, you know um, I think the whole explosion for what the last 20 years (laughs) at this point (laughs) of superhero movies they're like wanting to get in on that and probably a little harder with them I think even though it took a while for comic book characters to get respected I think that things like He-Man and She-Ra are probably in in a general sense looked at as a tier even below that because they were quote unquote, you know, either cartoon, like eighties cartoon toy commercial characters, they'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have that kind of stigma going against them. Um, but I still think it would look fantastic, uh, if done properly. So just have to wait and see. I have no idea who they would cast as, as he man. I just don't think he needs to look like, you know, a, a wrestler or anything like that. I think he can just look like a, um, I think he could even look like a, um, I wouldn't cast him, but like a Chris Pine type build, you know, the, the guy that was in Star Trek and the, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. what was he? Steve Trevor in, um, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think like even something like that could work for he, man. I don't think he has to be overly muscled, but he, he, you know, he would have to put pack on the tones. Cause that guy that plays Thor, he's not like grossly huge. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Who yeah. was also in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, well, there so, you go. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> there are so many Chris's. There are. He plays He plays George Kirk. So Chris Pine's character is Captain Kirk, and his dad was played by Chris Hemsworth in oh, Star Trek yeah. movies. Oh, that's weird. Because they're probably like the same age in real life. <laughs> Close well, that's because George Kirk, it was young George Kirk. He died <laughs> when... Uh, Captain Kirk or whatever Jim Kirk was born. So, oh, spoiler alert for the oh. first five minutes of a ten-year-old movie. <laughs> I, hey, I saw the movie in the theaters. I just the only thing I remember is like old Spock runs into like new Spock in like a cave. I remember that. Well oh, done. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> any any. Yeah, any more? Oh, I'm going into the movie with an open mind. I just, again, laugh every time I see an article about one because I'm like, ha here we go again. But I it, know. I it's like, I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. Yeah. Yep. When, when filming actually starts, yeah. <laughs> then I'll get really excited. Like, I feel like a filming date is the furthest we've gotten so far. So maybe it leads a little more credence to this rumor than the past ones. But yeah, once it does actually start filming, if it does... I want to, I will try to go in with a completely open mind, no matter who they cast, who the director is, whatever, um, and just try to enjoy it like I've done with the She-Ra cartoon that I ended up enjoying way more than I expected I would. So, yeah, hopefully we can all do that. I think we should talk about the She-Ra cartoon now. Uh, What about the, well, wait, 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 news, news anchor man. (laughs) (laughs) We also have to say that the PowerCon exclusives were revealed as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so you should take a look at those at uh, thepower-con.com. Um, be, uh, you have, um, you know, three, uh, well, really four Masters of the Universe classics um, 
exclusives, uh, a three pack, and then the you know the zombie He Man and the twelve inch Starburst Shira dolls. So go check those out. Um, uh, pre-orders coming soon, and make sure you get your tickets for PowerCon, which will be in August in Anaheim. So like totally double it. Do your He-Man Shira fun on the weekend and stay an extra day with the kitties for the Disneyland. And there you go. What are the dates in August? 17 and 18. 17 18. It's not Labor Day weekend this time. I think it has mm, been for the last no. few years. Yeah, I keep wishing, hoping that might be close enough. If I may end up being at uh, San Diego Comic Con this year, and I always want PowerCon to be just a little closer so I can do it in one trip because I can't justify two trips. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, maybe that's close enough this year. I don't know. We'll see. And I, I don't even know for sure if I'm going to uh, San Diego or not. So we'll see. Well, fingers <laughs> crossed because I'm planning to be at PowerCon this year since I missed it last year and I miss it so much. Good. I have never been. So maybe this maybe this will be the year that that, that happens. Squeak. It's definitely a better time. September is the worst possible month for me for uh for to plan to do anything like that but august would be a lot more doable so we'll see cool and now (laughs) the news is over so we can go to um the next episode to talk about which is princess prom okay stop right there oh lord (laughs) he's gonna yell at me no, no, no. Did uh, I skip so an what, episode? No. No, no, no. They, no, oh. you're right. You're right about the episode. But oh, stop okay. right there for a second because yeah. I, I have something about the title that I just want to get get over. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I love I love this this these next two episodes. They were both really great episodes um, for the most part. A couple of little minor quibbles, but they're they're good. And we'll discuss everything. But <sighs> I know this is nitpicking. I understand, but. I, and I know what they were going for, right? They're going for the alliteration with Princess Prom. I get it, okay. And even the the, the title as it is is okay. It's fine, but this is not a prom. <laughs> this is a ball, and just using use calling it something that is makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I I, I want my mythology of my uh of my fantasy properties to make some kind of internal logical sense and this is not a prom there is no way to technical term for this ball i forget what it is but this is just what glimmer and her friends call it yeah like they do refer to it first as the ball but then like because i think doesn't doesn't adora say something like i got this invitation to like some ball and then that's when Bo and glimmer are like princess prom yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, maybe that's not the official name, and if it is not the official name, then I can, I can maybe get a little bit. I was taking that as this is what it's called when she did that. So. Yeah. No. It's not a prom, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> so, I know yes. it's a stupid cartoon, and I shouldn't like nitpick to that degree, but it it rubs me the wrong way because I I I like this stuff to have, and they've they've done actually a really good job with this series overall, having internal. Uh, logic to their continuity so it's like it really sticks out as a this makes no sense so it bothers me i think too and and i kind of agree with you uh on the princess prom title because people saw this episode title um and like prematurely freaked out Mm -hmm. like 
oh my god, are you kidding me? There's a prom episode, and then that image leaked where you could I, see like Scorpia in her dress. To some yeah. degree. <laughs> and then I but, think hopefully we all agree, like you know, the title may be stupid, but the episode was actually pretty well done, at least oh, yeah. in my Yeah, opinion. I well, you know, here's the thing. The episode as a whole is is really good. I would argue that the first uh I don't know, what, like maybe five or ten minutes of it, uh reinforces that negative opinion that you may be going into it with mm-hmm. because of the title. Um, it definitely did for me the first time I watched it. But then, you know, the last, like, two-thirds of the episode is so good that you totally forget. So, Well, I will say, though, and I know what parts you're talking about. I do, though, love right before the opening credits. when That part and then the, the first, I think yeah. it's the first scene with Scorpia and Catra. But, I, like, but I love, <laughs> I love... When Glimmer is sitting there, you know, like not paying attention to Bo, who is clearly trying to tell her, like, honey, no, I'm going with Perfuma. <laughs> yeah. Once he finally tells her, and then she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to the opening credits. Yeah, I, like, that was great. I, I laughed out loud. Like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yes, agreed. That's a great line. Um, we do um, find out some, like, little interesting things. I liked how, what, and what I didn't understand is, like, Adora got all this, like, information, uh, but it, I, don't, I doubt it was in the invitation, but she was all like, the Star Sisters are aligned with Sweet Bee, but they don't like Peekaboo or something, and oh, Sweet Bee is dating Peekaboo and this and that. <laughs> I typed it all out because she said it so fast. I had to keep, like, pausing, rewind, pause, rewind, so I could get uh-huh. that entire section because it's interesting information. Mm-hmm. But she just rushes through it, and I'm like, wait, wait, I, I can't keep up. Hold on. So, would y'all like to hear the breakdown? Yes. Okay. Yes. Bre- yes. Break it down. Read for it us. slowly, though. Yes. <laughs> I won't read it at Adora speed. So, Frosta, ruler of the Kingdom of Snows, it's her first time hosting the ball, has the biggest kingdom outside of Brightmoon, neutral in the fight against the Horde, allies with the Star Sisters, who are friends with Mermista, but not Sweet Bee, who is dating Peekaboo, as you can tell by the string. Up means friends, down means frenemies. And that's all she says. But there are also other images on this tapestry thing that she's well, pointing at. Well, can I make a quick comment too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was she talking about? See how this one goes up and goes down. There are no arrows on these strings. So that every single one goes both directions. <laughs> You're not because, wrong. <laughs> because the star sister one is... Wait, who is who is Sweepy dating? Peekaboo? Yes. So there's a string going from the star sisters up to Peekaboo. Then there's a string going from Sweepy up to Peekaboo. So five some or... I'm missing Adora's logic <laughs> on the string directions. Well, see, this could be Adora's logic. Like, she she has it worked out in her head. Mm-hmm. But to a normal person looking at it, it would be like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. Okay. I, I think you're right. I think I'm looking at it too literally from what she's saying. Whereas this would be just like, you know, what we would be doing if we were mapping out something and we understand. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. Go ahead. Sorry, Katie. You it's okay. I should have taken a screenshot because now I'm forgetting where the lines of the strings were. But yeah, Mermista. Star Sisters are friends with Mermista, but not Sweet Bee. So Mermista, 
I'm trying to remember where her thing was. I think it was It was below it was below the Star Sisters. Okay. But not their friends were messed up, but not Sweet Bee. Which again makes no so. sense because there's a string going down from the. St- I'm looking at it right now from the Star Sisters down to Mermista, and then there's a string going from the Star Sisters down to Sweepy. What about Mermista to Sweep? Or wait. There's no connection between Mermista and Sweepy. What was the direction from the Star Sisters to Sweepy again? Down. So yeah, that's Frenemies. Down. Okay, but then she's also Frenemies with Mermista then because her string from. The Star Sisters string goes down to Mermista. But then if you look at Mermista, are they not frenemies because the string goes up? Is she also dating the Star Sisters? I'm <laughs> she's clearly dating Seahawk. You know, it could be so I so I don't I the, this I'm only piecing together my understanding of this from what you're saying because obviously there is not time in the audio description for them to describe this tapestry. Yes. But a lot of times, at least in you know, medieval times, and they did this in the Harry Potter books or whatever, tapestries like that with the connections usually denote family relations. So I wonder if, is that what the strings could be trying to denote? Not not the things that she's describing, but familial ties between these. No, no, because she, she literally points with a pointing stick at mm-hmm. the like strings and she's like cause see you see the direction oh, she's of the pointing strings? at the strings not yeah. at the people i see yeah yeah okay i thought the strings were just like there to uh you know as part of the tapestry that she was not necessarily paying attention to okay so yeah now okay. i'm yeah, curious why the star sisters and sweet bee are not friends because sweet bee was so sweet in the old version so i'm like is her new persona gonna be completely opposite of that i don't know We'll have to wait and see. Possible. But I love that she, that Sweet Bee is dating Peekaboo. I think that's adorable. And I hope we get to meet them in season two, like, ASAP. I need to see what they look like. Well, just not, not to cut you off. Um, we do see the Star Sisters in the crowd. I was going to ask at, you at about the prom. that. Okay. I saw, I saw the Star Sisters and I also saw, well, I, I'm assuming it was Lassie, which mm-hmm. was from the episode looky sweetie in the old series because it's it's looky but it's not looky because it looks like a female to me so i'm assuming it's lassie and i mean they might not ever show her again it just might be a little easter egg for us um but i like that yes um a little touch but there um uh there are some of the show's creators and stuff drawn into the you know prom scenes as well um but the only other she-ra characters i think i saw were star sisters uh, and Lassie. Okay, I'm gonna need you to send me a screenshot of the Star Sisters then, because I, I will that. do that. Yes, awesome. Yes. <laughs> I want to see it too. Oh, will do. <laughs> but also on this tapestry, there are other images that she does not get into on like the left side if you're facing it, and the images are a squid, an apple, a pine tree, a wing or a feather, not quite sure, and a seashell. Do y'all have any idea who, like, which princesses those could stand for? Well, seashells obviously Mermista. The no, feather Mermista's would be no, on the other blue. side. Yeah, Mermista's a drop of water. Yep. Oh, and I see. We'll think too. I like, see. would the pine tree? Would that be like Perfuma? Like, where's her mm. kingdom on the map? Like, who do we already have established that's, that's a good not? Point. And like, which one would be um, Entrapta's kingdom? 
I can see that you all skipped Force Captain Orientation. <laughs> Good call, sir. Nice one. You're right, though. They, she didn't talk about the ones they already know. So maybe the wing feather thing is Bright Moon. Um, and yeah, the apple or the pine tree could be Perfuma. But a squid and a seashell. I'm like, who are these other like water people? The squid. Oh, oh, the squid is Octavia. Oh, yeah, Octavia, maybe. Oh. Well, they do show Octavia in an episode you know, that we haven't gotten to yet. She's in the a flashback. Um, FYI. <laughs> yes. But I don't know if she was a princess, whereas we know Scorpia is a princess. We find that out in this episode. So could could the squid represent the fright zone? Because it's like scary. I don't know. <laughs> no. Maybe. Yeah, you would think there'd be. I don't know. The seashell just looks like one of those. It's just this roundish. It's like a half moon. Uh. I I was trying to look up like what kind of seashell that is, and I couldn't figure it out. Um, I don't know that it necessarily matters, but it's just a. It's not the like fan shaped, kind of flat one you're you typically typically see in uh, decorations for beach houses and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was just a curiosity. Thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, it would be interesting to figure those out. The, the pineapple doesn't fit with anything I can think of. Well, also it'll be interesting to see if they actually do align with anything as the series progresses, because oftentimes <laughs> I feel like in shows like this, we might be making like, you know what, mountain out of a molehill if you will yeah. like they threw these symbols on there and we're trying to think like oh who is that one and then we find out later like you know there there was no rhyme or reason they just put other symbols on there something about this tells me no they didn't just put random ones on but i don't know where's like a drill or something for entrapta or tiny food yeah or a computer i don't mm -hmm. know <laughs> yeah hmm like they, they left off a lot so that's why it kind of makes me think like they're ones we haven't heard of or met yet because they don't seem obvious to the ones we've already met but i could be could be new characters too yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking but i just don't know though we skipped something that was in the very beginning and it comes back up later but glimmer says just briefly when she's first telling Adora about Princess Brom, that it happens once a decade. And mm -hmm. I'm like, hang on, Glimmer's not that old. Like, she probably was a child the last time they held one of these, but clearly she went to it. So Well, she would have been, she would have been like, what, maybe six or something? Yeah, so, probably six. So she would, probably was old. I mean, as we see a little bit later, Frosta is only like 10 or whatever. Yeah. 11 and so. three quarters. <laughs> no, that's, yes, that's right. Yeah, but so. we don't see any other kids there. It's all adults and Frosta. Um, not saying that kids are not allowed to come, clearly. Maybe, maybe the kids are in another like section or something, like in another room. Maybe. in the palace or something they've got like the the adult ballroom and then the kids are closeted away somewhere. <laughs> there's a ball pit somewhere <laughs> i don't know the closet seemed to be wide open at this prom because there were a lot of different diverse representations of prom dates and everything <laughs> yes <laughs> great 
I would say the episode was rather progressive in that sense. Yep. Yep. So can we talk for just a second about Frosta? Sure. Yes. Who is, I think, perhaps uh, the biggest departure from the classic representation of Frosta uh, of any of the characters on the series. Yes. Um, probably. Uh, but uh, she is adorable. <laughs> she is so funny. <laughs> she cracks me up. Uh, and uh, I, I mentioned this um, previously because uh, he had tweeted about watching the show. So there's an author I like called uh, Richard Roberts, and he writes, uh, I don't know, I guess teen slash YA kind of age books, but I really enjoy a lot of his stuff. Frosta is exactly the type of character that would be in one of his books. In fact, he has got several characters who are just like Frosta. So um, if you like that character, maybe go check out some of his stuff. But um, I love how, what, I don't know, how would you describe her? Like she's sort of snarky, I guess. She's overcompensating for her age. For her age, yes. And it's hilarious. It makes me laugh. Every time she opens her mouth, I start laughing. Like I just I, in a good way. Like she's just completely delightful. I think. Yeah, she made some line about having to earn her respect because of her age. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't type that one out, so I can't rattle it off to you. Sorry, but yeah, she's definitely overcompensating. <laughs> Although, isn't there a Game of Thrones character? That's yes, like a child queen, Lady Lady Mormont. Okay. And she is a freaking badass. Yes. Yeah, so she's this little kid, and she's... But, I mean, she has more sense than than all the adults in the room. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she's... You know, she she takes no crap from anybody, and, you know... Uh, yeah, it totally reminds me of this version of Frosta. It was really cool. Yeah. But you're right. She is very different from the old one. And But, again, I'm okay with that, because... They're all different, some more than others, but yeah, it's it's just fun. And like you said, she is a really funny character with her lines. Um, I mean, she's stubborn and annoying at first because she won't listen to Adora, who's telling her she's in danger. That part's a little... But again, she doesn't know Adora or Shira yet, so why would she listen to this strange woman that she, that's not... What does she call her? Um, uh, it's like not a real princess, but a... Not substitute, but a. There was some term used. Honorary. Yeah, I think that was it. She's only an honorary princess, so I guess I get why she's not listening to her. But well, plus her first impression wasn't great because yeah, Adora, you know, blurts out, "What is she ten? You yes. know, <laughs> so she's already sensitive about her age. You know, so to hear that from the very first thing from Adora is not the best first impression. <laughs> no. But even after Adora apologizes, she doesn't really seem to forgive yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, she kind of holds that against her. Yeah. So I I really hope, though, that we see over, like, assuming the, the series continues to be successful and runs for time, I hope we see her grow up on the show. I hope they don't just leave her in <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> I, I hope we see because I think that could eventually pose some interesting um, potential for the for the series. Yeah, 
if we can see her like grow up and you know take more of a role in the rebellion or whatever it is that's going to happen that would that would be cool also i think it's really um amusing the the highlight that they put on here on something that's sort of reversed uh from the classic show where uh you know uh, adora was obviously princess of eternia and glimmer was princess of bright moon and no one else is really that as far as i can remember off the top of my head here really they don't ever, ever really hammer home the point of oh these are these are princesses the way they do in the show of these various kingdoms and things mm-hmm. and in this episode, they sort of emphasize the fact that it's reversed, right? Adora, who was kind of the princess of the classic show, is not even considered a princess in this show. She's an honorary princess for for this ball, for the purposes of this ball and things, which really makes me wonder if down the road they do have plans to reveal more of her background and have that moment of, guess what? You actually are a princess, too. Which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, my question with that too is I didn't understand, and maybe someone can, well, I mean, I understand because it makes for a more interesting plot, but other than that, um, they really quickly explained to Adora as to like why she shouldn't go to the ball as She-Ra because there's no weapons. But why wouldn't Adora have changed into Shira and then checked her sword at the door? Oh, that's a good point. That's I, what I was confused I, about. Okay, so maybe this is wrong. And if there's something earlier in the series that, con- or at any point in this season that contradicts this, point it out. But I had at least been somewhat under the impression that if she gets separated from her sword for any length of time or at any great distance or something like that, that she reverts back to Adora anyway, but maybe not. No, I don't think that happened. Um, she doesn't have the sword with her a hundred percent while battling. I think it's the episode, the Madame Raz episode. Cause I remember Madame Raz. Yeah, but she's not separated, throwing like, like her the seriously sword. separated from it. Right. Like it's, in, it's still in the vicinity. So she's throwing it around and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, Glimmer's power still works when she's not, you know, right up against the moonstone. I mean, you know, her power. Well, she has to recharge. To yeah, she has to recharge. So, I mean, don't you think, though, if she was not overexerting herself, that she would be able to transform, like, before going into the party and then check the sword? The sword would technically be kind of in the vicinity. Yeah, maybe. And, I don't know. And if I may, now that this just popped in my head. Why would they even feel that it is safe, regardless of who you're checking it with, to check the sword of protection, which seems (laughs) to be the most powerful first one's technology that they've come across? Yeah. I mean, I understand Kingdom of Snows, neutral, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it was just one of those things where it was the options were check it and have it at least somewhat within reach or leave it behind. And if anything goes wrong, you're just SOL essentially. I this guess. is where, you know, sword to necklace 
comes in handy. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so glad they didn't do that. Let me just say that right now. I'm Sword so to little clutch purse. <laughs> I, I was never, I know this is probably unpopular. I was never really much of a fan, even in the filmation series of all the, you know, the fact that she could basically turn her sword into whatever. Like, it's it's mm. funny, and they did it in interesting ways sometimes. But it's it. just too, it's too... Um, it's just too convenient. Like you, it would be. It would be fine to be able to turn the sword into like a couple of specific things. Like, oh, okay, I can turn the sword into a shield or something like that, and that's fine. But when literally it can become anything that you can describe with words in your mouth, yeah. it's like it's ridiculous at that point. And I, I was never. I, even as a kid, I was like, really, really. I did. Uh, I love the scene where she has to hand the sword to like the the guy in like the the sword room, like, <laughs> and he's just like over the desk, and he's not pulling it off. Her. Just like, no, don't put it with the other swords. <laughs> It'll get confused. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Bo had gone with Glimmer, if she would have just kind of stood watch outside and not even gone in, knowing that they were going to take the sword away. Just be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just stay. I'll just stay out here with my sword. Y'all have fun. <laughs> so almost every episode has a line that is that at least, that, that sticks at least one line that sticks out to me as being particularly uh, entertaining. Does anybody have one for this episode before I say what what mine, what mine was? The most entertaining. Um just a line yeah. right like not a moment not a scene just a line that that someone says that just makes you burst out laughing well there was or whatever. one that made me laugh because it reminded me of harry potter <laughs> that happens a lot to me which one was that this is when perfuma asks Bo to go to the ball with her right in the middle of a fight and it's just very casual and she just says want to go to the ball with me and he's like, sure. Oh, yeah, and it yeah. totally reminded me of Fred asking Angelina. It's like, oi, Angelina, uh, yeah. want to go to the ball with me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yours? man. Well, I liked when um, Entrapta mentioned about how they have tiny food there. Yes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> That's good. Anyone else? There's a good Marmista one, too, but I want to hear what yours is first. Oh, Josh. yeah. When she's like, yeah, I'm here. Let's not make a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my, my favorite is the Marmista line, though, when she's talking about Seahawk. Just my ride. Yes. <laughs> that was the one. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if I missed it the first time or if I'd forgotten it, but this time I was dying. I was laughing so hard when she said that. It was just, oh, it just hit the right button at the right moment for me and i was laughing so hard yeah i think she's gonna end up being a lot of people's favorite character because she's just so dang funny that was a good one yes yeah, yeah it's a lot of you know complaints i had heard about the show before you know it aired if you will one of them was complaining about Mermista, and i'm just like i don't get it i love the way they have created her personality on this show mm-hmm I I went in went like when, when she's first introduced. I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about the series as a whole. When she was first introduced, I was um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I wasn't I wasn't crazy about it because Mermist has always been one of my favorite characters, and I I liked 
even though we didn't get a ton of her in the filmation series like i liked the way she was portrayed in that one and this is could not be further from that right like she's kind of regal and whatever in the in the uh, filmation series and this one she's the complete opposite of that <laughs> sort of demeanor um and yet uh, once again she's one of my favorite characters so i'm i i have gotten used to it and i'm totally fine with it so yes she does not need I came to have around. a french accent to be cool no it, no it had nothing to do with the accent I though know. it was just just the personality yeah if I can mention too, the music in this episode was fantastic. It, it yes. reminded me of like '80s music at like a dance or something. I agree. I Loved absolutely it. agree. It so Still good. waiting for my soundtrack. Mm-hmm. They the DreamWorks released soundtracks for Voltron, so I am I demand demand <laughs> a soundtrack for um, Shira. Sorry, that demand line made me think of a, one of those kid stuff audio adventures <laughs> Shira book and Shira says something like uh, you know I demand you release glimmer or something I don't know and Hordak is like demand <laughs> random if anyone remembers that it might be that I, I don't of remember that one. line yeah I don't remember that line offhand it's been a while since I listened to the Shira ones that, that was not to get too far off on a tangent because we need to continue but I'll just say I love a lot of the kid stuff stuff. Like I love the um, the LP mm-hmm. uh, that they did back in the, the story LP uh, for Masters, and a lot of the shorter ones like uh, Castle Grayskull is phenomenally good. Mm-hmm. And I always wished the Shira ones uh, were done as well as the Masters ones were. I don't think they they weren't bad by any means, but they were not. Uh, as high caliber as the the masters ones. Mm, agree to disagree. <laughs> one. I'm not sure. I Except for I'll agree with it. you. I'll agree with you on like there's like one that's like surprise, Shira, it's your birthday or something. Every series has to do a birthday episode <laughs> or story. Um, yeah, I've I definitely have heard some of the He-Man ones, but I'm not certain I've listened to any of the Shira ones, and now I feel like a horrible fan. For not doing that, I yeah, think so I have them all as MP3s, so I can share those with you. Yeah, I think I think HeMan.org has them up too. Um, but like Revenge of Catra is good, Storm over Etheria, and um, uh, the Jewel of Light. <laughs> See, like none of, none of them are bad, but none of them are of the caliber of like the LP or the. Um, well, nothing's of the caliber of the LP. I mean, that was like. That was amazing, and Love but also like tags. the Castle Grayskull little one, the little Castle Grayskull one. That one was great. The now some not, not all the Master ones were great, right? Like Human and Battle Cat was awful. Like that is a terrible story. Like it's basically not a story. Like <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So like they're not all great, but th- those two in particular were just so outstanding. And I wanted I want there to be a Shira one that's that caliber. So, but it's interesting the tone and like vibrancy of your voice like totally changed when talking about these like you can tell that you really love them just by like the tone in your voice it's very interesting i do i love the kid stuff stuff i do i really do your geekiness is showing through i love it yeah Yeah. (laughs) um should i give a quick wrap up on the princess prom so we can move on to the next episode (laughs) let me me check my notes make sure we didn't skip anything important 
I love Catra going in the suit yes. with Scorpia. I yes. love that. Love that. So good. And the whole makeover montage um, with all the characters. So, yeah, Catra looks amazing from the get-go in her suit. Um, Scorpia's trying on these silly dresses, and they just keep laughing about it until she finds and, the final one. And Bo? one of Scorpia's dresses was oh. her old costume from uh, Formation. I thought it was, but I thought I might have imagined it. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was 100% the same, but I think that's what they were going for. It was very similar, yeah. Yeah. But yes, Bo ripping off his cummerbund. So funny. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, if I were to do some Bo cosplaying, really would have to hit those sit-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stop eating brownies and cookies. <laughs> can I can I also throw out there, as far as uh, Scorpio's characterization goes, the more I watch these, the easier it is for me to... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The easier it is for me to shoot. Why am I not coming up with the right word? I know the word I want, but I can't accept it's their changes coming. or their new personalities. Well, no, or... well, no, but like, uh, make Scorpia seems to jive. That's not the word I wanted, but it's the closest one I can think of right now with the classic one. Like, I, I could see this Scorpia being the classic Scorpio uh, in the times that we don't see her on screen, right? Because most of the time, most of the Scorpio stuff we got in the filmation series, right? It's just like, she's there at some big horde battle or something like that, right? Like there's not a lot of depth to her character, but she does get some funny lines here and there and whatever. She's, she's, she is there. And I feel like more and more that I watch this show, I feel like, oh, this is that same character. This is just all the stuff behind the scenes that we don't, we never got to see in the classic one. Like it's, mm. this, she seems to fit really well with the the original uh, portrayal. To I me. don't know. I feel like she was more abrasive in the original show, and she did have a rivalry with Catra. Like she didn't like that Catra was the force captain after Adora left. She's very jealous, I, I felt. Didn't really like working with her. Not a team player. Yeah, like there's that episode, um, The Anxious Apprentice, I think it's called, where, you know, the, the Book of Spells, that girl takes the Book of Spells from Castaspella, and then um, Scorpia ends up with it. And I'm actually thinking of two episodes intertwined. <laughs> Never mind. That one illustrates to me just uh, Scorpia. Um, the one I'm thinking about with Catra is um, Huntara, when Scorpia and Catra kind of had to team up to like, we're like, we got to get rid of Huntara and Shira. We can't be having any of this going around here. Yeah, you're, you're talking though more about, um, you're talking about more about like relationships between the characters, which are definitely different all through this. I just meant like, her personality like to me this could be the scorpia behind what the scorpia that we saw in the original do you know what i mean mm, i don't know if i see it yet i feel like this new scorpia she's she will, desperately wants friends and mm. she wants to fit in and i think that plays back to when she comments on how you know even before the horde came the other princesses didn't like her yeah. And like they didn't mm -hmm. want to hang, they didn't want to braid each other's hair, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. 
kind of hard to breathe when your one of your hands is a claw. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean. <laughs> so it's like that's part of maybe the reason too why they 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 um attached themselves to the horde because they were kind of the outcasted kingdom. Well, especially if if your place is named the fright zone. I mean, you don't have a lot going for you to begin with. <laughs> I'm just glad they changed her accent from that like hey I'm walking here type like <laughs> such a weird choice. <laughs> She doesn't sound like an old New York gangster. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of did in the original. Movie. I just love the character development with her. Like, she, you know, you find out that she's actually a princess. Um, and you find out, you know, why she, you know, gravitated to the horde. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just really interesting. Just these little tidbits that they throw out. Yeah. Like, she's not, she's clearly not evil yeah she's not a bad person you know like under normal circumstances she you know she wouldn't even be with the horde but that you know they're the ones that you know came in and accepted her and you know so she went with them. well that's kind of true for Ketra and entrapped it too like i don't think you could say you know either obviously entrapped it because she's just like wherever the cool gadgets are is where she's gonna <laughs> yeah. be but but um with uh with Katra too like you can't point to her and say she's evil she just doesn't you know she's just kind of self-absorbed i guess or whatever right like she's ambitious yeah. she's not i do think though that she yeah, she's not as not evil. like Shadow Weaver. Yes, Shadow exactly. Weaver is evil. Yes. <laughs> like right? Shadow Weaver's so. evil. You have kind of Catra in the middle, and like Scorpia. I feel like Scorpia doesn't wouldn't even be evil if if like Glimmer had befriended her back when they were five. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. yep. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, and Glimmer but, is super insecure in this particular episode, um, since Bo is off with Perfuma, and she's super jealous. And it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a romantic jealousy. It's just a, but we're always together. We always do matchy matchy clothes and that's our thing. Which again, makes it sound like they've been to this ball like five times. And I'm like, you're only a teenager. It's very unflattering. Like yeah. I, that, I, I, this is the only episode where I didn't feel very sympathetic to her glimmer at all. She was just annoying me. Yeah. Like, yeah Rod had that problem too with her in this but it's 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 a very human yeah i mean i totally understand what they were going for i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i'm just saying like it's annoying (laughs) like (laughs) yeah there's too little too much of it just chill just chill out a little bit (laughs) but one thing oh go ahead oh go ahead no please (laughs) um one thing i like about this is that this is pretty much the first episode where you start to get the overarching, you know, story with, uh, you know, th- things that are going to happen like later on, like the, you know, the fir- these first few episodes have been them getting the princesses together and introducing characters. And now we're starting to get into the meat of the story. This I is a six, the beginning of a, the six episode arc. That is the rest of this. Season, yes. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. And it's really good. <laughs> That's a good point. Because, yeah, Frosta never, you know, at the end of this episode says, okay, I'm part of the rebellion now. It's just she realizes, oh, Adora was right. They did attack my kingdom, and that sucks, and they're bad people. So (laughs) when she shows up later, it's like, oh, yay, she is thankful that they actually, you know, tried to help and tried to warn her, even though she wasn't listening. 
she was being a little brat. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. And um, I, I was thinking though, like everybody goes with somebody except Entrapta goes totally stag. And I kind of wish she had gone with a robot because how funny would that have been? <laughs> okay, and I also have a question for you guys. Frosta is here, ruling over the Kingdom of Snows. She is 11 and three quarters, <laughs> as we have established. Where the hell are her parents? Yes. <laughs> Do we ever get an explanation? Uh, no. Like, why is this 11-year-old with no supervision ruling over a kingdom and throwing a ball and doing all this stuff? Yeah, like, Angela is the only adult we've met so far of these princesses. Or only parent, <laughs> I should say. Um, well, and... Um, cast a spell out of the ant but yeah it's like where is that generation did they all die in a battle except for a couple well somebody's got to be around because like if if they let's say they died in one of the last battles which i think they've said either they have said or will say i can't remember where in the season it happens right like there's the the, the big battle with that when micah died and all right. that stuff right like we know that happened at some point say 10 or 15 years ago somebody had to be raising frost all that time so like even if it's not her parents where's a guardian something even if it's like a regent yeah. right like they had in old kingdoms whatever she should have somebody there like i'm trying to figure out what what is the rest of her backstory and i've it's weird that we didn't get even a hint of it yeah Agreed. Well, yeah, like her parents are fled or her dad fled or something, right? Like, because everybody fled the kingdom and. Mermissa, well, if they did, somebody has to still be guiding her, raising her. You yeah, know, since and she it's was like two or whatever. Where so. did the dad go? Maybe this will all be revealed. Um. Shall I? Or, um. So, uh, <laughs> we're. We're running long on this episode. We've been talking about Yeah, we need to move on to episode nine. number nine. It's a um, good episode. It is. Real quick, real quick, real quick. <laughs> Basically, Scorpio plants bombs. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Frosta has to fix her castle. Boom, boom, boom. Scorpia and Catra capture Bow and Glimmer. Boom, boom, boom. They also have the Sword of Protection. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Adora and Catra fight. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> they both fall off of a cliff. Boom, boom, boom. Adora's hanging by a by her hairpin. Boom, boom, boom. Catra, of course, escapes in Scorpia's vessel. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> th th this episode ends on a literal cliffhanger. Literal cliffhanger. Oh, my God. <laughs> it does. Which brings us to the next episode, which is titled No Princess Left Behind. Except for the one that is left behind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> well, maybe that's because no she's sense. not an elemental princess with a runestone, as Entrapta uh, will point out in this episode. No, then maybe the next episode. Next one. I think. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's all like, well, the elemental princesses have runestones and not me, so you don't have to worry about me and Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my horrible I have a cold impersonation of <laughs> Um, what, what I, one thing I would like to mention about No Princesses Left Behind, besides the fact that 
a princess was, <laughs> was a big plot point in this one is Seahawk pretends to be like a horde inspector. Oh, um, so good. Which happened, what, at least twice in the old show. Like, yeah. Bo pretends to be a horde inspector. Uh, Prince Adam dresses up as a horde inspector. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I like how they kept the kind of running gag and how the the horde is always like, oh, the inspector is here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we are overdue for an inspection. <laughs> the horde is just one big bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love how it, it does the close-ups on their faces yes. like several times before she's like, oh, yeah, we do need, you know, you're the inspector. <laughs> yeah. We, You know, we did need that. <laughs> Like waiting for him to blink or flinch or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's when he's done, I need to go home to my inspector children. <laughs> it's like you are such an idiot. And uh, oh my god, it's so funny. Really good lines in this one. There is so so. Wait, Marissa's gonna do what? <laughs> so good. Yes, yeah, Hawk's got. Excellent plan! Adventure! <laughs> Although we need Martin to say it, because I can't do it justice. Adventure! <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it is, it is the the conviction that, that uh, Martin delivers that line with. That, That's true. Sells it. That's what sells it. He um, remains my favorite character, I think. He's like, just so funny! How can he not be? He's the other, so like... <laughs> The other hilarious scene in this, um, an episode with him and Scorpio would clearly be amazing because yes. that's brilliant. When he goes like, uh, perhaps you've seen me in your dreams. And she's just like, no, that's not it. <laughs> Doesn't even skip a beat. Yeah. <laughs> And then Adora and he have a plan of some sort, and it's, you know, on three, we're going to jump out. And she goes, one, and he jumps out, and she's like, I said on three. And she goes, I got excited. <laughs> the, the other bit in this one, sorry to keep going on about Seahawks lines, but he has another one that made me laugh for ages, and I had to rewind it and watch it again, um, is when they're planning out with, like, the little strategy map, and he's like, can I be this adorable little figure of Bo? And then like, no, put that back. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that already, and I just rewatched it last night. Yes. Entrapped is like, I think Perfuma should be the perfume bottle. That makes the most logical sense. <laughs> I like how Mermista wants to be the knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the lipstick. Yeah. That whole scene is this amazing. This is a really, really good episode. <laughs> I like, too, that we got to see it, like, more of the bright zone, like, you know, outside, like, cause in the, like, like, Valley Girl. Um, the, uh, the, the old series, um, you know, we got to see them on the grounds of the Fright Zone and, and things like that. So I like how they're kind of expanding that so we can kind of get a more of a feel of the Fright Zone. That's where, you know, Seahawk and, and not Entrapta, uh, Scorpio were interacting. So I like that, too. Mm-hmm. And I guess you guys weren't as impressed. <laughs> so unpopular. I'm about to have an unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. Oh, gosh. Do I need to mute his mic? I, well, or what I, what I suspect, anyway, is going to be one the um so there's a there's a thread here in this episode which is actually the the storyline is good like i like it where uh we keep cutting back to bo and he's trying to befriend kyle who's this member of the horde that 
I don't know. What is he like? He's not exactly a guard, but he keeps coming by. I don't know. Is he a guard? What is he? Yeah, doing? he was part of Adora's team. I think he's like yeah, a cadet. But, a cadet. Yeah. Okay, but why does he keep coming around to where Bo is? I don't know. He wants a friend. Yeah. Well, in the end, that's the whole thing, right? Like, okay, so Kyle is is uh, clearly looking to have some sort of human connection that he's not getting at the bright zone. Okay, fine. That's a really good storyline. It was fine. I wish, and I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be unpopular, but I wish if you were going to do that, do that, but don't create a new character. Use one of the Horde characters we already know. We have already been talking, I've been talking anyway, about how there's so many Horde characters they haven't tapped into. And even if it would have been a complete departure from the original, I don't care. Put put one of the other Horde characters in that position. Don't make it some, not, not that I'm opposed to new characters either, but I feel like in in this case, make you know, make it. Um, in fact, there could have been a lot of room for humor to do it that way, right? Make it Mantena. Make it Lee. I was just thinking that. Like, <laughs> what know? if they kind of redesigned Mantena to be a bit more human, like, but with like bugged eyes, or even not even more human, but th- that might make it funnier, right? Yeah, like, he's, he, nobody likes be him because he's this weird, gross, <laughs> yeah. fly creature thing, right? And nobody wants to be his friend and whatever. Like, something like that would have been so good. Don't don't make this because, like, to me, Kyle, like, what they've done with him is fine, but he's kind of forgettable too, right? Like, he's sort of mm-hmm. the to me, he's like the equi- the the this series equivalent of like the red shirt in Star Trek, right? Like he's the, yeah. he's the one that you're waiting to get killed off because nobody really cares whether he's there or not, sort of thing. Like nobody has a, an attachment to that character. I can't imagine anyone watching the show would develop an attachment to that character, or whatever. What? Kyle been... is my favorite character. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, no, I don't think so. So, like. Use one of the characters that that you haven't drawn from yet. That would have been so great, and would have had so much room for for humor and everything else. Like, I I wish wish they had gone that route instead, because I just don't care about this guy. And the story is fine. What they're trying to do with him and the relationship he was kind of building there with Bo is fine. But I think it should have been a character. You know, a, a horde character that that old fans would have already known, and that would have had some more room for entertainment. Now, I don't know. Maybe they're going to do something with Kyle in season two that'll that will make this make more sense. But as of right now, I wish they had gone with a a classic horde member. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think they're probably setting up some type of not a debt that's going to be repaid, but the fact that Kyle is kind of bonding with Bo a little bit, that maybe in the future there will be some battle and he has an opportunity to take Bo out or to capture him, but he lets him go instead because of what happened in this episode. That's the only thing I can think of they're they're setting up with this, but yeah. He'll sacrifice himself. Oh. Well, even do even do any of that still with a classic horde character, right? Like everything's so different anyway. This is not the same continuity. Like yeah. I don't know. I just feel like no, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. It's just one I had not thought of. Yeah, like, like now that you say it, I really wish it was Mantena. Yeah, know, right. That's <laughs> the one that would have been perfect. It could have. Yeah, you could have been even been like a younger version of him. Mm-hmm. but still recognizable because yeah his personality would have lent itself really well for that actually mm-hmm. it would have been so good so 
And uh, Mantena, of all of the Horde characters, to me, he's the one that would fit in best with the tone of this show. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's so, it was so goofy anyway in the original one. And uh, it would just, I don't know. I wish, I wish, uh, I still really wish they were using more of the Horde characters. Maybe, maybe next season we'll, we'll see some more of them. I hope so. Fingers crossed. I think part of it is too, is that I'm just, I... I'm so into villains anyway. Like clearly, horde lover. Yeah, yeah, right. Like even like in the you know masters proper or whatever the human side of it, right? Like Skeletor and Trapjaw and Triclops, right? Like those are all the characters that I I I I love villains in general in almost anything. So I I want more villains. We don't have enough. We don't have enough villains in this series so far. And we've got an overabundance of heroes at this point. And I feel like we got to we yeah. needs to be balanced out. Those villains have been pretty powerful so far, though. Like they almost destroyed um, Mysticor or Shadow Weaver and all her shadow minions um, that were causing havoc and whatever. Like that could have gone. Yeah, shadow Weaver is the only one, right? Like she's the only. One that you can point to that say, this is a true villain, right? Because Catra and Scorpia are just sort of accidental villains, <laughs> right? Like in a way, right? Like they're not evil, like we were saying, whatever. Yeah. And Hordak, we don't see enough of to have much of a feeling about him either way, right? Like he's the big bad, I guess, in the background, but we haven't seen enough of him. It was kind of like up until the last 45 minutes of Return of the Jedi, you don't really see a whole lot of the Emperor and you don't really feel much about him. He's just the big bad in the background. And that's what Hordak is. And this one, that's fine if that's what they want to do. But I feel like we need more, like Shadow Weaver is the only true, you know, like villain, evil villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In this series. And I want, I want more of them. <laughs> Like, all of the explosions could have done a lot of damage if Frosta hadn't been able to immediately rectify it just by going to her stone thing yeah. and doing some Jedi mind tricks, whatever. Um, yeah. Putting everything right again. It's funny, she just, like, holds her hands out, concentrates really hard, and all of the pieces of ice go back to where they were before. Um, which I, I guess is useful, but... I mean, she does other stuff in other episodes, so she's clearly more powerful than just that. But yeah, you're right. That uh, Shadow Weaver is really the only one that's been a super threat so far. Until the very last episode, then they're all like ganging up, and it's a it's a big threat to Bright Moon. We'll get there. Well, we have the slow progression too of Catra trying to cut the cord, if you will, between yeah. her and Adora. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, you can tell she's conflicted uh, since she grew up with Adora as kind of basically her sister. And then, you know, now Adora defects so quickly and they do point that out in an earlier episode, which I always like because you know how they're always in the original, it's like, oh, she broke the spell and now she's immediately off the horde. Mm -hmm. And like everybody at the rebellion accepts her. I mean, like Catra does make that comment. She's like, you've known these people for what? Three hours. And you're, you know, already siding with them over me, who you grew up with. Um, but in this episode, I mean, Catra does let Adora escape with the sword. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I know she kind of rationalizes why she did that in a later episode. But I think that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like, um, 
what do they call it? Friday morning quarterbacking or something where he's like reinterpreting the events uh, of the football game that happened in an earlier episode because she's kind of changing her view of why she did that, I feel. Because I think in this episode, it, she wasn't fully cutting the cord yet, but it was it was that slow progression that kind of probably comes to a peak during that promise promises episode. Yeah, this is like the first step yeah. towards that. And I think the main reason she does is because she realizes no matter how much effort she puts in, she's not going to get credit for it because Shadow mm-hmm. Weaver is just going to take it. So she's like, why am I even bothering? Why did I do all this to capture these people, capture the sword, if you're not even going to acknowledge that I exist, Hordak? So it's a little bit of a rebellious streak, too, I think. Like, fine, yeah. I'll just give it back to her. See and her eventual plan, like, you know, she sees... She's very good at seeing the big picture, like when in, in a later episode when, you know, she gets information about the runestones and she starts to, you know, cultivate that whole big plan. That's much bigger than getting back Adora. That's much bigger than we need to destroy She-Ra. That's much bigger than obtaining the Sword of Protection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a much grander view of how she can kind of eventually become the next Hordak if you will. Yeah. All right, guys, here's, here's it. I do this every episode and I apologize, but I'm always saying, okay, this is what they need to do in season two. <laughs> so I add, it's something that, uh, that Katie said a couple of minutes ago, uh, made me think of this and this, this, uh, it solves everything. So here's, here's what I want them to do in season two. I don't, I actually think that this is probably not the way it's going to go, but I want it to go this way. They, they, they've spent season, a lot of season one uh, building up the rebellion again or the Princess Alliance or whatever. Like, I wish they would settle on a name. Like, I feel like they're trying to use both names. <laughs> yeah, great, kind of interchangeably, used, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, settle on a name, guys. Um, I like the Great Rebellion better, but whatever. Okay, so uh, get they've, they've been building it up. They've been building the alliance, all this stuff. Wouldn't it be great if season two is the Horde and, and or Hordak now um, dealing with, you know, acknowledging the fact that, okay, the, the rebellion that's here now is, is going to actually be a threat. And I'm going to have to call back to Horde World or whatever, Horde Prime, and call for reinforcements. And that's when we get a lot of the classic Horde characters coming mm-hmm. in because they've realized, okay, this isn't going to work with what we have here now. We we need to pull out the big guns and in comes, you know, Mantena and Leech and whoever else they want, you know, they want to bring in. That could be really cool. Now would Catra be in charge of them or That's is... what I was thinking. Yes, okay. is that she would be in her force captain role, which is what she was most of the filmation series, so. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. I would agree with your assessment. I, I could. That's totally an optional or optional or viable, I guess I should say, path they could take. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I, I would be 100% on board with that. So that, that would be cool. Um, I guess really the summary, though, of this episode is there is a princess left behind. It is Entrapta. Um, and we don't know if she's alive or dead until the next episode. But they all think she's dead. Yes, they end. definitely think she's dead. They, they've kind of just 
given up, I feel that is a little weird. I feel like in the original filmation, you know, this wouldn't have happened this way. They would have went back to yes. try to find her in the Fright Zone. But like, uh, well, they they're, seem Bo they're building memorials seems... and stuff to her already in like uh, Plumeria and stuff. Yeah, Bo seems so convinced that she's dead at the end of this. I don't. Is there something that I'm missing? Like, what did he see that makes him so sure that she is? Yeah, it's like the the gate thing. It's like cl- like it does. Like if you're watching the episode, you do feel that she was like obliterated. Okay. Well, okay. Ish. I did. It's I like, did. Because I and then there's this green light that comes out, and I think yeah. Adora had said something about when they're going through. It's like, what did she say? It's doing a cleaning cycle or something. So every section is gonna clean itself. Not clean. That's not the word, but. I think the green light is this thing that's supposed to be taking care of whatever threat or virus or whatever could be in that section. And that's why they're having to go section by section and the doors are closing behind them. But I've forgotten how she describes it now. So I, yeah, I need to watch that again. But there is definitely a green light that makes a noise. And, but still, when I first watched it, I was like, I don't, I don't know that she's dead. Why are you? Yeah, I was the same. Yep. Okay. Well, given that it's a kid's cartoon, too, that's why I assumed she was not dead. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they, they we have the good knowledge of knowing, right, that that there's more to Entrapta than meets the eye, at least in the if you look back at the original show. So yeah. I was kind of thinking, hmm, I kind of see where this could go. Yeah, me too. And her robot, Emily that she has made such friends with would clearly like save her. I mean, she only had like a fraction of a second to do it, but clearly she did. Um, If there was some green explosion that should have obliterated her and it didn't. And Josh, what were you going to say? Because I was like, and, and. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say sort of in summary, could there have been a, a bigger difference? At least I think, I think we're all be more or less in agreement on this. Between episodes six and seven, and episodes eight and nine, like eight and nine are so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, like six and seven was was definitely the low, uh, the low point for the season for me. And then eight and nine, it's like okay, now we're kicking into high gear, and it it it's such a transition. It's so good from this point forward. Yeah, I would agree. Except for Swiftwood. <laughs> but other than that everything else in the 8 through 13 is, are, is fantastic so. I have a feeling you're going to dislike him even more when they get to season 2 uh, I think so too Well, so I'll, I'll tell you uh, both my uh, parents and my sister now are watching this uh, series so my mom's finished it she binge watched most of it she really loved it um but uh, my uh, that was my mom's biggest complaint was she doesn't like Swiftwind either. She's like, oh, it's just throwing that character. So <laughs> I I, uh, I I have a feeling there's that's uh, I think a lot of people are gonna feel that way. But may, maybe new viewers won't so much. But I think I he's fantastic. So. No, he's a unicorn. <laughs> They've given him no dignity whatsoever. <laughs> No dignity. It's supposed to be this majestic creature, not not a a, a wise cracking. I I don't even know. He's just terrible. It's just so not. It's so wrong on so many levels. 
Okay. Anyway, I'm done talking about Switchblade. <laughs> Until whenever episode he shows up again, and then I will go on another rant, I am sure. All right, my... You know why? Because I love so much of this series, and that's the, <laughs> that is by far probably the the neg you know the the negative thing the thing that i dislike like where i feel the strongest about it right like other things like are things that maybe i can i can quibble about or criticize or whatever but none of them really take away from the enjoyment of the show whereas i really really don't like swiftly i really don't so maybe he'll surprise you in the next season we only got a tiny bit of him Maybe there's more depth there than you know so far. Well, yeah, and I, he, I don't. He I just don't adjusted to having, you know, a voice and a brain. Basically, he yeah. says that in like a couple episodes later. So maybe he'll even out. But I don't. I don't know. I, I think Josh is not going to like Swiftwing <laughs> going forward. Because yeah, what, I think in season eight, Bo is talking, you know, saying, telling the story to everyone about the unicorn that swooped down and ate all the apples. And that's like the funny thing mm -hmm. that they're all laughing about, which clearly was Swiftwind. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm holding out judgment, but so far I do not have any problems with him. But I do have a favorite line from No Princess Left Behind. And of course it's from Perfuma because <laughs> she is my spirit animal. Um, it's when Entrapta is just being so ADHD and driving her nuts. And she says, she is really putting a crimp in my harmony. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start using that like all the time. It's such a great line. She gets another line about her as well, where she's like, um, she's not like the easiest person to work with or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's not the most harmonious person to work with or something. I can't remember what she says. <laughs> it's like she's sort of doing it through gritted teeth. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite line was the wait, oh, this is gonna do what? <laughs> this is it's so good. Oh yeah, because she doesn't want to go down in the sewage. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then later, what happened to you? The sewers <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she like, you're it's welcome? So good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so good. Right. I, you know why, regardless of what you think, Mermista and Seahawk get all the best lines. Like, overall, mm -hmm. like, through the course mm -hmm. of the season, like, the lines I remember most are the two of them. Yeah, the way, like, I think we all agree that just the way they recreated Seahawk is fantastic yeah he well i don't think he's that different from the original either he's just like cranked up like a hundred notches right like <laughs> he was he was he was always like that arrogant uh, you know uh kind of uh, full of himself self-absorbed type character anyway in the in the original and now they've just like amped that up and made it funny and it's just yeah it's they, so they made the like, yeah i like that amped it up and kind of skewed it on the more comedic side Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> well, so that was Princess Prom and No Princesses Left Behind. We got to get through a few more episodes uh, before season two premieres, um, which I know you are all staying home that day and watching and binging it, just like I will. Um, and then your Netflix will freeze in episode four, <laughs> and you'll have to go to bed anyway and watch it at a normal time. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, once again, thanks for uh, downloading Master's Cast. I am John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratus Macca. And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Lioncourt. Who's going to start it? I thought we were going to count off. Usually, usually oh, yeah. John counts it off. John's just forgotten completely how we end the episode. I'm so medicated right now. <laughs> from the good journey. journey. Did someone say good Germany in the background? <laughs> <laughs> Was someone going on vacation? <laughs>